So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Addison Grace. And we're some, some questions to say about the upcoming album, Diving Lessons. Congrats on that. By the way, how do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? I feel really excited. Um, I feel like everybody that's listened to it or knows about it within like my immediate group uh, is just like really excited about it. And like I have people in my life who aren't really expressive who have been like, this is really good. And it's like shocking to hear that from them. Um, And then I think it's just really nice to see how excited my audience is and how they're excited that I'm finally like having a full length album instead of just like an EP or a single. So yeah, the the album fucking rocks. Oh, yeah. All the praise. All the praise is well deserved. Fucking amazing album. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I, I'm really excited about it. I keep like telling my manager, I'm like, I think this is the greatest thing I've ever made. And he's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I picked up, there's a little bit of the, the little bit of a sound change here. There's some, there's some synths making their way into the, into the music now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think my last two EPs were a lot about like figuring out how I wanted to sound. And I feel like with this album, it's really me just like putting my foot down and being like, this is how I want to sound. And this is my sound. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm excited about every single song on the album. Like there's not a song that I'm like, eh, that one's fine. I don't really like this one. And so I've just been like overjoyed by it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have finally found my sound as an artist after like trying to search for it for a while. That's very exciting. That's awesome. So is there any meaning behind the album title or cover arts? Definitely. I I feel like I've never thought about something more (laughs) than everything associated with this album. Um, The meaning behind the album art, I had that very specific vision of kind of making it look like a portal for a while. Um, And I wanted it to be like, you can really only see me through like this mirror or through this portal type thing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to kind of look watery and just have a bunch of like plants and all of that around it and be very like nature-esque mm-hmm. um and i had struggled with the title for a while but i ended up settling on diving lessons specifically because i had this memory from when i was a kid where i can't swim so <laughs> um i used to be in swimming lessons as a kid and during one of the swimming lessons it was like you had to jump off the high dive and i was like six years old didn't know how to swim terrified to do this oh and i they were like just jump off the high dive and the lifeguard at the bottom will kind of like catch you and help you but like that didn't convince me not to be scared yeah. and i remember that i jumped off but the lifeguard slipped and i started going down no and i it was almost like obviously i didn't drown <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i i went down further than i should have and the lifeguard had to come get me pull me to the side and i remember just how much it sucked and everybody was like we're so proud of you that was so awesome look at you and i just remember just being angry and not yeah. happy and this entire album is about the healing process and i sort of related the two stories together mm-hmm. where it's like everybody when you heal from something or get better from something, they're like, we're so proud of you. That must have been so hard, da 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 da. And for me, the healing process, we don't talk about how it really sucks and how you shouldn't have had to do that. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was kind of like when I hit the water and when I had to do that 
high dive lesson or whatever mm -hmm. that it was sort of the same idea and the same sort of pain that I had to endure yeah and so I ended up relating the two mm -hmm. and the whole like album art is supposed to look like the high dive and like jumping in and just all of that so it's like one giant metaphor <laughs> yeah that is a great connection just that I feel like a lot of people can relate to just growing up and, and learning and having to take those risks and then just being like patted on the back like you were stressed out the entire time but you did so good it's like no I feel fucking awful actually yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah wow um fucking awesome so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for the album yeah, I think I, I think it's probably like the most I have self-written in a while. I feel like a lot of my music is 50% working with other co-writers and other artists and 50% me just writing alone in my room. Mm -hmm. um, and I love both equally because it's like one side is like just experimenting with myself and my talents and the other one is learning from other people and getting better at the craft, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and for this one specifically, a lot of the really sad ones on this album came out of me from like nowhere. Hmm. Um, there's there's a song called Bath on the album, which I think is one of the saddest songs I've ever written. Hmm. And it was funny because it's sort of about a situation that happened years ago I haven't thought about. And yeah. one day I just sat down and was like, just like it kind of like poured out out of nowhere. And I feel like that happened with a lot of the songs, like Slime sort of came out of nowhere and wasn't even going to be on the album because I wrote it so last minute. Mm -hmm. And stuff like White Lie came out of nowhere and Pessimistic came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it was just like this past year, I, I was so used to like writing about things that I was going through and things that I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And this last year, I feel like I've been the happiest I've ever been. And so I haven't like had something sad to write about or yeah. something hurtful to write about. Yeah. And so it's been interesting to sort of have like this weird healing process where I'm like, I'm writing about something I haven't thought about in like three, four years. And that's not typical of my writing but I think because of that it became like a really honest album about that healing process mm. and there's a lot there's like equally really sad songs and equally really happy silly songs like yeah. I have a song called I miss your dog on the album and it's just like this stupid happy encore <laughs> but yeah it's just I feel like the writing process was hard to describe because it feels like it came out of nowhere and it also feels like I've been wanting to write about these things for like five years absolutely and you, you mentioned you know a lot of these songs kind of came out of nowhere so like when you were writing was there even a plan for a record were you writing songs that weren't clicking and then the ones that just came out of nowhere were the ones that made the record like basically was there an album in mind when you were writing this the funny thing is that there wasn't I, I knew that the next project was going to be an album, but mm. I don't plan ahead ever. <laughs> so I, I was like, I was just writing to write and there's obviously songs that didn't make it or didn't get finished and just never went to production. Um, like even White Lie was going to probably be on my last EP or be a single that wasn't even on the album. 
but then I took so long with it that it just became an album song and we just like moved it over and I was like okay that's fine yeah we can put it on the album because I don't even know what the album is yet yeah, that works. yeah. <laughs> and so while I was writing it I really had no specific idea in mind I think the closest thing I had was like oh um I've been writing a lot of sad songs let's write a happy one today or I've been writing a lot of happy songs I want to get introspective um and that was kind of the process and once I like sat down with all of the demos I realized how much of it was water themed and I was like I can make something off of this and I can tell a story yeah. and it almost like worked too well which is why I'm like it came out of nowhere I feel like I got possessed <laughs> like, yeah um you you mentioned that like you know this is a lot about like a healing process and that you're also the happiest that you've ever been like while you were working on this um was there any sort of like difficulty with you like kind of pulling up the past and like were you going through anything or like were you finally in a good spot where like you were able to deal with bringing those th past things up without like getting too down in the dumps like bringing it, bringing it back up i feel like it definitely hit a lot of sore spots that i didn't realize existed yeah but i i sort of go on the stance that i don't like releasing a song unless i feel like i'm ready to talk about it mm -hmm. um and so i feel like people are going to hear bath and they're going to be really like put back and like oh wow this is really intense um or they'll hear a song like say sorry to my brother they're going to feel really intensely about mm -hmm. and there's a lot of serious subjects in it but i made the decision to put it out and to release it and to work on it because I'm healed enough to talk about it and I want to be able to talk about it. I think it's really similar to when I released I Want to Be a Boy Forever ago when I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I feel. I'm just going to put it out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it feels similar to to this project. Um, so I think when people first listen to it, they're going to be like, it's going to be a little jarring for them because I feel like a lot of the singles are more of the happier, upbeat ones. Mm. Um, and then they're going to understand like the depth of the album and how much thought was put into it. Um, I think sometimes when I listen to it now, I'm like, I've heard the song so many times that I'm the tiniest bit numb to them almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Say Sorry to My Brother is like a really intense emotional song. Um, that's supposed to like sound like you're in like this drunk driving type of situation. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a narrative about like parental figures and being a child and not knowing what's going on in life um, and not being able to understand what's happening in a situation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's already such an intense subject, but yeah. now I hear it and I'm like, this is like slightly out of tune. <laughs> like, why did I, why did I do it that way? But then I like play it for, <laughs> I play it for my roommates, and they're like on the verge of tears. I'm like, why are you so sad? Like, like you already know what I'm gonna say. Like, I've said this like twenty times. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I feel like I'm able to have that lightheartedness now, but I still understand like how intense it's gonna be for somebody on the first listen. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what song off this album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? Ooh, I feel like, ooh, that's hard. Okay. Um, the longest one to write, I feel like, hmm, I feel like probably Pessimistic took the longest to write. 
Um, I think it was because that one is specifically a self-write and I was so determined for it to be a really good song and I was so inspired about how I wanted to voice it. And um, I remember that I was like scared that I was like not gonna get it to my managers in time. I was like, this one, like it's gonna be so good. It's gonna lead the album. Yeah. And when I first sent it to them, they were like, okay, this is pretty good. And then we got to like the very first stage of production and I sent it to my managers and immediately they messaged back and they're like, holy shit, this is a single. And it was like only the second one on the album that we had even worked on yet. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's why I took such a long time writing it before I even considered it for production because those notes and some of the lyrics had been in my folders for like months at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like production wise, White Lie took the longest, but that was because like it started off as like a Paramore type of song and then it turned into like this hyper pop song and then it ended up being like the most hyper pop one on the album. (laughs) That's a crazy twist. And so, and then it was like, I also like changed the pre-chorus. So like if any of them had been changed the most, it was White Lie, Mm -hmm. Um, but Pessimistic took the longest, definitely. And your favorite? Your personal favorite. Oh, my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. I am really proud of Slime because basically what happened with that one was I had the melody idea and I was sort of just like fucking around and just putting lyrics and putting whatever I wanted to say. And I didn't expect it to get on the album because I was aiming for like 10 or 11 songs and I already had 10 songs. Mm. So I was like, oh, I don't need to write this one. But for some reason, I was like, no, I want to write this one. And when I showed it to my managers and my label, they were like, okay, you can record it if we have time. And I was like, okay, fair, fair. And so I ended up flying to London working with Cave Town. And we had more than enough time because apparently we work very well together. That's good. And um, I ended up like, we ended up getting it produced and I sent it to my managers and everyone started freaking out over how cool it was. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we were going to have it where I miss your dog was going to be a single. And that one got like ripped away and slime got put instead. And I got so excited. Cause it was like this song that wasn't going to be on the album that mm-hmm. I had like written within like just a few days. And yeah. Like nobody was really like putting much attention into it for good reason, you know, but I feel like I was really proud and I ended up getting on a phone call with everybody when they were telling me they wanted Slime to be a single and they, <laughs> I ended up like laughing and I was like, I told you so, like it's yep. such a good song. <laughs> yep. And I was so proud of it and they were like, no, we always knew it was a good song. I'm like, I know you knew, but like, I just need to say, I told you so that like, <laughs> This Let one had to be win. on the album. Yeah. Let exactly, me have this yeah. win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Hell yeah. Love that. Okay. Um, so how did the track list for the album come about? Did you write the opener with the opener, closer be a closer, shuffle around and see what fits? What was that process like? So basically I knew that it was going to be about healing. And a big part for me is I never want like somebody to listen to an album and be too sad for too long or be too happy for too long Mm -hmm. like i feel like you need to have a nice array and kind of like a little bit of a roller coaster of course um but when i I was sitting down with my girlfriend one day and i was like i feel like i can really tell a story with this and i had sort of made up this really soft concept for the story of the album Mm 
-hmm. And I realized that it naturally already had a story of like being really young and naive and then going like falling in love and then going through this really traumatic thing and healing from it and like the stages Mm -hmm. of grief and then ending on this really positive note. And so for me, it's like the first one on the album Fish is almost like an author's note for what it's going to be about, what the sound is. And then the story starts on pessimistic and it ends on forgive you. And then I miss your dog is sort of just like an encore as like a sorry for putting you through that. Like, hope you're having a nice night type of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's that's how it kind of came to be. There wasn't really like a lot of um, shuffling around. It took me a while to like say what it was going to be. But mm-hmm. after I had put it all together and my girlfriend agreed because she knows better than me, mm-hmm. um, it was sort of just like a yeah, it was always supposed to be that way. Like there's no other way to listen to it or to order it. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. I think that like just in coincidence, the sonically, it, it kind of flows very well where it, it, it takes you on that sonic journey as well with the, the highs and the lows. Cause it, at one point it's an acoustic strip down the next second. It's fucking crazy ass hyper pop that I didn't know that you were even going to be doing on this record. You know, it's, <laughs> it's all over the map crazy. here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. There's like literal violins on one song. And then the next one is just like, I'm going to blow your eardrums off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, did they they send the wrong album when when those songs were coming out? I was like, those don't seem right. (laughs) Just got to keep everybody on their toes. Exactly. You you were doing it. (laughs) Great job. Uh, So would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this record? Yeah, I think it was definitely like a very nostalgic headspace. Um, I feel like every time I went into a co-writing session or a production session, I felt like I was almost like at the start of my career again Hmm. Um, because for in a way I feel like I had been trying to find my sound and trying to find how I wanted to voice these things for so long that like creating this album almost felt like almost like a rebirth of sorts for me musically Hmm. and so it kind of turned into just like I, I I felt like I was recording everything for the first time and writing for the first time and that's what made it so exciting to me Mm -hmm. um was just really feeling like yeah this is who I am as an artist and so I feel like even though I have like a good amount of songs behind me that I still love and still play obviously because they're a huge part of my story I feel like this album um sort of defined who I am as an artist to me at least Mm -hmm. and so because of that it just felt really nostalgic and exciting and it felt very new and at the same time it was like really comfortable because I was working with people that I knew I worked well with already like I was working with Cave Town who's like a close friend of mine and I was working with Cameron Hale who I've worked on so many of my favorite songs with and all my favorite co-writers and I had a team that I knew and so it was almost just like a really comfortable like childish like feeling and I felt so safe to like make this album and to talk about these things and to touch on really serious topics without like depressing everybody in the room you know I got you and so I feel like that's sort of the headspace I was in and that's why I'm so excited about this album (laughs) yeah it seems like you were just set up for success like everything was lined up perfectly 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I wanted that by the time I reached my first album. And so I'm glad that I got there and that it didn't feel forced, you know? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should you do in the car with friends and dark with headphones on? Is the workout album, party album? What do you personally recommend? Ooh. Um, what I always like to do is do not skip any of the singles just because you know them. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I feel like I, people do that, and I tend to do that the sometimes worst. too. No, my, my partner does that shit. I'm like, stop it, stop that. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. No, I know, I know. And so it's like this one is like very specific. I know every artist says this, but they're like, this has a story, but like mine literally has a story mm -hmm. to it, yes. and along. it's gonna be jarring if you skip anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so for that reason, I'd say that you should either listen in your room with really good headphones on. Or you should find a bunch of friends and someone that has the nicer car with the nicer speakers yeah. and just drive around and listen to all of it. Because um, I feel like unless you're listening to it on really nice car speakers or your headphones in your room, you're not going to get everything all at once. Mm. Like if you put it on your phone and you're in the shower and it's just your phone speaker, you're not going to get the full story of it. No. Um, and so I feel like just make sure you listen to it with friends you trust or with yourself before you listen to it casually i guess oh, absolutely yeah. Right. fuck yeah hmm. so this one should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less mm -hmm. ghost healing journey oh damn ghost okay i love that i like that um and in that same train of thought is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album um i think i just want people to be really open-minded um i want them to not think of me when they listen to the album um because i've made like a very specific concept and story to not have it be a an album about my life and about Addison Grace. Mm -hmm. So I want them to think of it as like a third party. They can think of it as like anybody, anyone. It can be them. It can be someone they know. Just don't think about me. Yeah. Um, and then when you go back to it, listen, however. <laughs> okay. That that's that's very interesting. First time an artist has told us like, don't even think about me when don't when you're me. taking in the music. Like they they'll they'll be like you know make it your own and shit like that like kind of leaning towards that but no one has just point blank been like this is about you it's not about me you know that's crazy yeah, yeah i think it's just because um like i said earlier i have a very soft concept of a story <laughs> um and people are going to realize once they see the music video for pessimistic specifically um, that this relates back to like a character i've hinted at in my previous ep mm -hmm. um and it's it's basically like I don't want people to think of me because I feel like if you hear these really sad songs or these really like serious lyrics or anything like that, people are going to be like, which of Addison's exes or parents or da 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 da. Mm, gotcha. And my thing is that it's not specifically about that. Yeah. And I wanted it to be a journey. And so I don't want people to think that it's like my specific person or my story or any of this. Um, and it's it's more so just a story of the healing process and going through something traumatic and what childhood is and what growing up is. 
Um, and so that's why I don't want people to think of me because I hate when people are like, oh, I want to speculate what this is about. Mm, yeah. But I, I wrote this album like, yes, it's about something, but it's also not, you know, yeah. it's about everything and nothing all at the same time. And I, I love writing for other people um, because it's like when I listen to these songs, like I wrote it for a specific reason, but now I don't relate in that way anymore. Um, so it's not about that anymore to me. And it doesn't like, you shouldn't speculate on that because it doesn't even mean that to me anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's why when people listen to it, I want them to think about them and their situation or just like a made up character in their head, you know? I gotcha. Uh, And uh, so you, you mentioned like you, you, you don't relate to it anymore. Have these songs kind of already taken a new meaning for you before? Like they're, they're even out in the world. Oh, absolutely. I feel Mm -hmm. like. I, whenever I finished, when I start a project, I'm absolutely relating to it in a very specific way. But when I finish it, it feels like, it feels like it's already like a toddler to me. (laughs) Like it's not like a newborn baby anymore. Um, And so even specifically, like I wrote White Lie about like a really bad date I had, but now it's like, I genuinely can't remember that person's name anymore (laughs) um and it's because like now i've like i've had a girlfriend i've had a relationship i've moved on and i don't talk to that person it was like two dates i had like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. um and so because of that it's like now i listen to white light and it feels like a completely different story to me Mm -hmm. um or i listen to like strawberry on the album and I <laughs> I wrote that about a TV show and um, I ended up like now when I listen to it, it's a really sweet love story. And I think about my relationship or I think about like my mom, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so I feel like it's just like it's ever changing. And sometimes I don't even remember why I initially even wrote a song. <laughs> I got you. All right. It's completely fair. <laughs> So are you able to touch on any particularly challenging or standout moments from the creation of this album, positive or negative? Ooh, um, one of the positive things was because of working with everybody that I had already worked with before, it was sort of just like, I feel like um, the past like two years of my career has just been experimenting on who I work well with and what my team should be and who I am. Yeah. Um, and for this album, it's like, that's already decided now because I've had two years to think about that. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it was so easy to create something and I didn't feel pressured to be a certain way. And when I had questions, I wasn't scared to ask them and I wasn't scared to stand up for myself when I felt strongly about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the most supported that I had ever felt, not that I wasn't supported in the past, but like now the idea was made, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for negative stuff, I remember, like, I, I get really down on myself in the studio, especially if I'm working back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that I think it was Ghost in the Attic I was working on. And for some reason, I just could not hit this like half step note. And I was like, really beating myself up on it to the point where I was like on the verge of tears because I had done this like 20 times and it seems so simple to me. Yeah. And I remember um, Cave Town Robin had looked back and he was like, you should take a nap. And I was like, I was like, 
but we gotta finish the he's like you should take a nap yeah so i went back inside and i like sat for 20 minutes and kind of like rested a little bit I came back down and he had like tea for me and he was like let's get this note and I was like let's get this note and like two takes and I got it immediately and so I feel like that's like kind of what this album felt like where it's like obviously I had times where I would still get down myself or still struggle like it wasn't perfect or easy um but it was just like I was working with people who not only cared about me as an artist, but cared about me as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because I got to work in that sense, it just like, I felt like I could be so vulnerable and have such a peaceful time making it. Um, so yeah, those were probably some of the standout moments. <laughs> Love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music. So if you could be one animal for the rest of your life, what animal would you be and why? I would be a Pomeranian. Um, because I, I feel like my hair now looks like one and (laughs) I love wearing a little, a little outfit. I love Mm -hmm. wearing a little fancy outfit Mm -hmm. and I feel like I would love to spend the rest of my time as just a little dog that's cared for by like a rich old lady. Absolutely. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. Uh, So if you could have lunch with any celebrity or artist dead or alive, who would it be and why? Ooh, um, I would really want to have lunch with, oh God, that's hard. Yeah. I feel like maybe I have two answers. Is that okay? That's fine. Go for it. Okay. Um, I would really love to eat with Freddie Mercury, um, because I feel like he was such a sensation for like an underprivileged person coming up in the music industry and kind of like fighting all these biases, Mm -hmm. um, and was also just like such representation for queerness. And I would just like love to pick at his brain and hear how he made music. Like what is Bohemian Rhapsody? Like how did you (laughs) make any of that? How did you do that? Um, So I'd love to talk to him. I would also love to eat lunch with Taylor Swift. I feel like it's just because like I, she's been around for so long and is like such a dominating force in music Mm -hmm. and you know I listened to her when she was like country and like completely different and just like a teenage girl Mm -hmm. and I feel like even though like I am a guy and that's how I identify and that's how I feel um I still had that like teenage girl experience in Mm -hmm. a way and so I feel like I relate to her a lot in that sort of like upbringing and I would just love to talk to her about like how she writes how she feels about her music and just like be able to like get her opinion on my stuff you know yeah absolutely that'd be fucking awesome yeah I, I yeah love that. yeah um and for this last question boom you're on a desert island you can bring one movie one album and one person who and what are you bringing um for an album I am going to bring Honestly, I might bring the new Olivia Rodrigo album. Oh, shit. I've sort of been addicted to that recently. Okay. Um, I might bring that one, or I'd bring a Phoebe Bridgers album. Either okay. way, no lose. Mm-hmm. Um, for one person, I would probably bring... Who would I bring? Um, 
I'd probably bring my girlfriend. I was going to say, if she's because... watching, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, who would I, I, I bring? Like... I was like, come on, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> I feel like she would not enjoy that I picked her to be on a stranded island with me, but I feel like she would also get upset if I was on a stranded island. So exactly. I have to take her and yeah. she's going down with me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then... What was one item, right? Movie. movie. You did album, movie. you did person, movie, yeah. Okay, movie. Um, I would probably pick... Um, I might pick Bullet Train. Oh, shit. It's a good-ass movie. Yeah. I, I watched that, and it was just like... I feel like it's such a niche like humor mm-hmm. that really spoke to me and <laughs> i just i feel like that's one of those movies that i could watch like five times and still find funny 100 yeah, oh, yeah i kind of fell asleep while watching it the first time but every time i would wake up i would just start laughing that shit was beautiful I fucking it was so it. good it was so good just like yeah. the water bottle like <laughs> i gotta i gotta rewatch it but like completely awake yeah. this time yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, good. So as I said, that's all the questions you have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, please listen to my album. It's called Diving Lessons, not Driving Lessons. Nope, um, I didn't fuck it up. There's though. not a sing. Yep. There's not a single car in <laughs> in any of this album. Nope, nope. none at all. <laughs> so that's that's my main plug. Uh, go go check out the the music videos too because if if you like. If you like lore and you like concepts, um, the music videos will do that for you. But if you just want to listen to a good ass album, just listen to it. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for now. This has been Addison Grace, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>